the overall characteristics of a good therapist would be someone who asks good, clean questions, listens carefully, and you know they're listening because they tell you back what they hear. They won't say, oh, okay, I get it. Take these pills and see you in a week. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. So here are some of the ways that I've personally found to be very beneficial from a therapeutic position. And I've also worked with lots of clients and I've given these techniques to clients. I've led them through and I've gone and sought out various teachers and, and healers in my own life as well. I don't want to necessarily advocate one school over the other. Like if you're going to get therapy where you go and talk to someone, there is a lot of different types of therapy and very different schools of thought. And some of them I don't think are very good. Many therapists are not very good. Like especially unregulated industries like life coaching, right? There is no life coaching standard. There is no dating coaching standard at all on the planet. So literally anyone, you right now set up a YouTube channel and say, hi, I'm a life coach. I charge a thousand bucks an hour. And if someone pays you, then you're a thousand dollar an hour life coach can be done. Now, obviously, if you're a psychologist or a psychiatrist or various types of counselors and various therapists, then you do need accreditation. But that still doesn't mean you're going to be good. Being a good coach and a good therapist is not an easy task and most people are not suited to it. It requires you not only to be empathetic and to be able to listen and read people very well, but it requires you to be able to see through their bullshit and call them out on that as well. So I remember like school counselors, I went to one when I was 16 or something and it was just like some dude with a long scarf and, he, and he, I, all I remember him doing was this. Hmm. <laughs> like literally that. Whatever it was I said, I can't remember. Oh, blah, 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 that's my problem. That's all I remember him doing was a hmm. So it didn't help me very much. So I would be ready to dump your therapist like you dump a Tinder, Tinder date, literally. If you want to go and seek out a therapist, you may, it may take six to find them. And that's where finding them by referral, finding someone who, who says, yeah, this person really helped me, although they may not be able to help you because their characters are, are different. But okay, a personal referral is useful. But if you go and you see the person is not listening, not asking good probing questions, not directing you somewhere, right? So if I only ask you to tell me my, tell me your story, that will be useful for the storyteller in some sense. And it is a good thing to just ha say your story. I fought that for years because I was a Buddhist and I did meditation, which I think is another very amazing therapeutic tool. But the thing with meditation is, depends on the type, but if we're using, let's say Vipassana, the action is to observe and not to interfere at all. That is all. Observe and don't get involved, right? There's a way to do that, a technique to do that but that is the, the core of it. Why do we do that? We do that because we don't project things onto reality, right? We get to step back and observe reality more or less objectively or more objectively than we do when we put many layers of meaning upon something. So if I sit in silence and I watch my breath or I watch my body, I will start to learn a lot about myself and I will start to heal in some ways automatically. Automatically, I will start to drop stress. If I go into a meditation session like this, like, oh, I had a stressful day, I sit down and I'm meditating and fucking... My life is better right now. Those five seconds of me going, ah, what am I doing? Oh yeah, I'm getting aware of my body, I'm loosening, I'm dropping tension, and I'm starting to observe myself. Just doing that on camera for five seconds, I already feel a bit better. I already feel a little bit more clear because it just gives me that little window of shh, shh, shut up. Just shut the fuck up, you. And just, and you don't have to force the thoughts away. You just, thoughts do what they're doing, but you create space. And within space, 
automatic processes that know how to unwind and unravel and relax will, will have a chance to relax. When you lie down and you finally fall asleep, you don't need to remind your body to keep sleeping and you know wake up every hour and go, oh, you're still sleeping? <laughs> it's like when you switch off certain things, other automatic processes will take over that are positive. They're, des they're built into you to design to break down waste and toxins and rebuild cells and all the good stuff that, that humans do. So meditation is a form of, let's say, pure observation if it's done purely. And that yields a lot of benefits. And it's not the only thing. Because I was stuck in that for years because I thought Buddhism is a complete system. My, my aim in life is to be enlightened, not happy, not fulfilled, not successful, but enlightened. I wanted at the age of 20 something, which is a bit weird, I wanted to be free of all human ex uh, suffering, all attachments. And so that's what I was working on. So when someone would talk about a therapist, I looked down on that extremely hard, right? I was like, you're gonna what? You're gonna lie there, talk about your life, which is only a construct. You're gonna talk about this narrative, which is just your perception of the narrative. Then you're gonna create a map of meaning about why you fucked up. You're gonna place blame to your parents. And you know, then you're gonna spend the rest of your life with this complex story about why you are the way you are. And that gives you an excuse to be complex and to be fucked up. And then you're gonna spend you know, 200 bucks a week going and whinging to someone because no one else is willing to listen to you talk. That's the way I thought about it until pretty recently. <laughs> to be honest. And as I said before, you can be self-indulgent and there are plenty of people to whom that is what therapy is. It becomes a recreation of self-indulgence, narcissism and whinging. So sure, don't go that far. But the other side of it that I never, I never need to speak about things because I can work them out. I can process them in other ways. I think is actually uh, short-sighted. Not all the time, but when I feel like there's something I want to say, you know, there's something inside me and it might be a complaint. It might be a, a rage. It might be a, uh, just a ramble. Uh, it might be some crazy idea. It might be something I need to say to somebody because I have unresolved feelings for them or, or, or we have a conflict that's not resolved and so on. And if I don't speak it, it stays in my, it stay, I do. I keep speaking it to myself over and over and over again in my head. I keep having that argument with that person. I keep on complaining about something. I can keep on blaming somebody. I keep on, uh, you know, reinforcing my old story. Journaling it, writing it down, blurting it out to someone who will listen, even someone who will go, <laughs> is worth something, right? But not, but it's not worth that much. I would say that the thing that makes that talking then move into real therapeutics is when you are with a good therapist who understands that, okay, I need the context of what the person's life is and the, peop and the person needs to tell me because they, they, they need their life to mean something and they want to explain it a bit. That's fine, you know, if I need to say, okay, here's my, here's my friends, here's my lovers, this is what I did, this is how things led to that, that's what happened in my childhood. These things are all relevant, okay? A good therapist will be able to see when you're just getting lost in the story and getting self-indulgent and they'll direct your imagination or your focus or your breathing back to something that they, they perceive is, okay, this is a sore point or this is an area that needs to be lanced or this is something that needs to be investigated. So a good therapist will use tools and, they, and I won't get into the specific tools because that's a whole other video if we want to get that granular, but that's part of your experimentation. Research five types of talk therapy, pros and cons. Freudian one, do you, want, do you like psychoanalysis? Personally, I don't because I think it's too tied up with symbols and, and sex and I've got enough of that in my life as, as it is. You know, cognitive behavioral therapy or, or shock therapy or all sorts of ways that, that people will do this. But the overall characteristics of a good therapist would be someone who asks good, clean questions, listens carefully, and you know they're listening because they tell you back what they hear. What I'm hearing you say is, is what a good therapist should say. I'm hearing you say that this is this is this. They won't say, oh, okay, I get it. it that means that and that and that. For their own ego, they're like, oh, I've diagnosed you and you're done. 
say 12 rosaries. Oh no, that's the priest. Uh, take these pills and see you in a week. That's probably not so good. But if they're able to draw you into a, a place in your story, they're able to ch adjust and change your physiology and put you into an altered state, which is a trance state. It might be like a whole hypnotism thing, or it might just be more like, so imagine, tell me how that felt. Imagine what it was like when you were at that stage. What did it feel? Where can you feel that in your body when you remember that? Right? So these are, these are ways of starting to link up the memory, the emotion, the physicality, and then in putting you into a trance state, then we can start to use corrective procedures, whether that is some kind of breathing, purgative breathing, like uh, holotropic breath work with hyperventilation, for example, or whether that's alignment, like helping you to align your spine, your organ systems, your energy systems, whether it's just allowing you to breathe into the space where you feel the pain, because that can be a really common thing. Once you dissolve the outer layer of numbness using awareness, vipassana or meditation of some sort, and then you go back in, you feel more, right? Now you have more senses and now there's a pain. There's a pain in my heart or, or a pain in my gut. It might re not register as exactly pain, but it might be heaviness or numbness, like denseness or heat or cold or like there might be all sorts of ways that it represents but then we can start to go into that we might just have to breathe into that to to draw light in love into it to you know say words like i forgive you or i love you these invocations of healing you know i want to release this i let go you know i don't need to hold this anymore or i or i t or i command you to put this down you know to you to your mother or whatever. This is when this becomes therapeutic. And, and in a way, what we start to combine is speaking therapies or questioning or conversational therapies with meditation states, then and also blended with more intense trance states. Now we're in the subconscious. Now we're in the deeper emotional layers, not just in the cogn cognition thought layers. So now we're starting to tinker under the hood. Now we're starting to, you know, create a purge or a healing or just being heard just being able to say you did this to me even if I can't say it to the person my therapist has said to me before I don't care if you sit here for an hour and say nothing I don't care if you shout at me for an hour right like whatever you need to do to to purge or to or or, or not on the on a given situation I will be here to hold space for you that is what a great therapist does they don't project their own shit onto you they don't make assumptions and quick judgments they gradually draw things out and then hold a space and give you tools to then work through that. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.